The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Have you ever seen one of those movies or read one of those books where the whole plot hinges on just like one sentence or one paragraph that one of the characters could say to the other one at any time throughout the whole book or movie and it would resolve the plot? Yeah, I hate that. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about why that's not the best thing and also uh, why that's not the best approach to life as well. And we're going to start with last night. Uh, I was talking to Travis, my husband, and there was something that had been going on and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to see why it was happening. And so I talked to him about it, but it was really uncomfortable for me because I felt like I was making myself super vulnerable, which I do with him all the time. But in this case, you know, I had to like admit some things and ask him some questions and when we're having these uh, long discussions where our feelings are really wrapped up in it, usually he gets really quiet and that drives me crazy because I have to like say something, wait, he's thinking, he's thinking, he's thinking, don't freak out, don't freak out. And then, you know, he'll say something back or maybe he'll just say one word and I'll be like, oh, well, can you explain that more? And then there's more waiting. He's thinking more and, you know, like I'm just there and it's quiet and it drives me crazy. Uh But the thing is, in real life, we should be willing to have those difficult conversations because it clears things up. And at the end of our conversation last night, you know, things were cleared up for both of us. And we were able to move forward today based on the conversation last night. And it was better, you know, the thing that was bothering me. Uh, And also, it had been bothering him. He just didn't know how to talk about it. So we moved through all those things which, you know, uh, couples do, even though we've been married almost 15 years. This November, uh, we will have our 15-year anniversary. We still have to constantly try to keep in good communication with each other, and that takes work because, you know, things don't just stay the same. And we've talked about entropy uh, before, how entropy is always acting against not just the forces of the universe, but it's also acting against us. And if we don't keep that, you know, work to maintain against entropy, then we're in trouble. We're behind. And the same is true of your writing. And if you've read one of these types of stories before where, uh, you know, just one simple session of communication could solve everything, then you know that it's extremely irritating. And uh, at one point I was reading a book to review it. All of those reviews are gone now because I took down uh, Kristen and Spencer.com. Now I have ConfidentNobody.com, and I haven't been able to put any book reviews up on that yet. At some point, that will happen. Uh, I don't know when, but I like doing reviews on here, so 
We'll see. Maybe when I transcribe some of those reviews from here, I can just put them on my website. But anyway, I was reading a book for review, and uh, some of the characters were Greek, which made me super excited because I lived in Greece for seven years. And that's why if you ever see like one of my videos or one of my classes uh, and I count number one with my thumb, that's a European thing because if you hold up your index finger, that counts for two. So it's confusing. So now I just default use my thumb for one. Uh, even though I don't live in Europe anymore, Americans understand it, that it's one. They might look at me a little bit weird, but they're not, it's not the same type of confusion. And I don't know, maybe I'll live in Europe again at some point, but now my brain is kind of hardwired that way. So I was reading this book and I could understand some of the cultural things, uh, that the author tried to put in there because she had Greek family members and she was sneaking these things into the book. And I was really excited but the premise of the, of the book, and I cannot remember the name of it right now, uh, is that there's this widow and her husband died in the mines. And then there's this uh, Greek family and everybody's treating them awful because they're immigrants. And, you know, like part of that story is based on real stuff that happened to her family. And that does not surprise me at all. But the thing was, like, the woman is in love with the Greek uncle of the kid she's tutoring, and if they could just actually have a conversation, like, she's super poor because her husband has died, and she doesn't have his income anymore, and she still has all the bills that they had together. If they could just have, like, one conversation about 25% of the way through the book, then the plot would be solved. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't deal with this. And there's so many uh, movies and books, like I said, that have that premise where a simple, a really simple miscommunication is causing the whole plot, like all the plot points revolve around that. And I just don't think that that's very nuanced uh, writing. It's not. It's lazy. And so I'm going to do a whole one episode at least, but probably more episodes about Ted Lasso, Apple Plus TV, whatever it's called, uh, their channel has this show, Ted Lasso, which is uh, Justin um, Jason Sudeikis. He plays Ted Lasso, and it's based on a parody of a character from a series of NFL ads. So everyone, I think, was kind of like, what is this going to be? And I will tell you right now, it is some of the best storytelling I have ever seen there's like a flash of uh, nudity in the very first episode when he looks into, when Ted Lasso looks into Jamie Tard's locker, you see a topless photo of Keely. So if you're trying to avoid that sort of thing, which I generally try to avoid that uh, for personal reasons, then, you know, just don't look when he looks into <laughs> Jamie Tard's locker and you'll be okay. And there's no other nudity in the rest of the show. There is a lot of language. I wouldn't watch this one with the kids around. But the reason why, one of the reasons why the storytelling is so outstanding, and I basically cry every episode because I cry when I see good storytelling, but also this show makes me have all the feels in the best way. And one of the reasons is because there are no things that could be solved with a simple communication, with a simple line of communication, because most of the adults in this series are actually trying to be emotionally healthy. And it is so refreshing and so amazing. And it draws you into these characters so quickly. So if you're going to write a book that is based uh, on miscommunication due to the character's lack of emotional health, 
and that's the only thing you've got for a plot, I would encourage you to go back to the planning stages because it's not enough. It's not. And it drives people who love storytelling like me crazy because it's not really storytelling. It's it's like a gimmick. And that's why we hate gimmicks is because it's one idea and everything is perpetuated off of this one idea and it can't be complicated. And it's something that we've seen so, so many times. And so I would challenge you like, what kind of event can you bring into the book to challenge the main character so that you actually have something for them to overcome besides being afraid to have a conversation? And listen, I understand that having conversations like the one I had last night with my husband can be very scary and it doesn't feel good to have them. But after you have them, you're able to move forward and you're able to have that emotional health and you're you're able to have that intimacy inside of that relationship because you're willing to drop your guard, because you're willing to feel uncomfortable for someone else. And that's what love is. And I don't just mean romantic love. I mean any kind of love, familial love, friendship love. Uh, you know, in Greek, they have different words for different kinds of love, which uh, is awesome. And, you know, like phileo, which is the ancient Greek version of brotherly love, like a friend type. Well, it's like a friend type love, but kind of almost familial love with someone who's really not your family. And now in modern Greek, you know, if you're friends with someone, you call them philemu, uh, you know, like, yeah, philemu. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> that means hello, my friend. And that's, it's that word. And you, it just, Friendships in Greece have a really distinct quality that I love, and I would like to uh, bring that over to the U.S. because I feel like we're missing some of that friend love. Um, but that's the thing is when you love someone, you are putting yourself out there to get hurt. And for me, I, <laughs> I struggle with this still because I will put myself all the way out there that's just who I am. I do that on this show. I do that in all my relationships. You can ask any of my friends. And then, you know, when uh, there's not reciprocation, which will happen sometimes because people aren't willing to be uncomfortable in order to have that deep connection with me, then I feel a little bit bummed out. But I just have to keep going and I keep building relationships. And that's what you can do in real life. And that's what your characters can do. And that makes them more interesting that gives their character arc, you know, that bigger slope, which is what you want, that bigger curve. Uh, and you can do it. Don't be scared. Don't say, I'm going to write a book based on a miscommunication because that's all I can do. No, it is not. And even if you go, uh, maybe this is your first episode listening, but if you listen to this podcast, you will hear examples from film and books of things and tricks you can employ in order to write more compelling characters, or if you go pick up uh, any one of my books about writing, we talk a lot uh, in uh, Write the Perfect Read that I wrote with Maria. We talk a ton about character. There's a whole chapter on it because character is very important. And we do talk about how, look, this is how you write an unlikable character that the readers will actually like and all these different complicated things and you are a real complicated human being, you can take your experiences and put them into your writing. And if you're someone who uh, has a hard time being healthy, we always talk about building a support system, right? Going to 
therapy, make sure you're eating right, make sure you're uh, exercising, you're sleeping, you have those friends that you can talk to, who you can talk to about anything. Uh, you're building those friendships as you're going. And also you have to learn how to have boundaries if you're anything like me. I still have a really hard time saying no. Uh, I had an incident of that last weekend where the whole weekend got crazy because I was like, no, I can't. I can't say no to this person. Uh, and it's probably like the last person that I have a really difficult time saying no to. And I won't say who that is because that's private. I mean, I tell you guys a lot, but this is an issue that has to do with someone else. It's not really my thing. If it was my thing, I would tell you. Uh, but so if you are struggling with boundary issues, which you see in a lot of books with characters, which is fine. Um, a boundary issue is when you have a hard time saying no to someone, even if it's unreasonable, the thing that they're asking you to do, or it wrecks the plans that you have, or it turns you into the kind of person that you're not, that you don't want to be anymore. Uh, there's a really good book called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. Peter Townsend. Is that right? Henry Cloud is right. I feel like Townsend's first name is wrong. Anyways, it's Boundaries, uh, and it's got like a red pencil on it, and they're drawing a line on the cover. It's such a clever cover. All the covers for all the books in that series are really good. The only thing I would say is those books are from a Christian worldview, uh, point of view, and so if you don't believe in the Bible you're not going to necessarily agree with uh, the way that they're getting to these points. But I think anyone who is alive can agree that, hey, these are examples of when your boundaries being crossed. And these are examples of when you need to say, hey, this is where my fence is. You can't come over this fence. And it's still a really good book, even if you don't believe that the Bible uh, is God's word. Because the principles are just principles of how to be healthy. And, you know, there I always say this. There are a lot of principles that we live by that are in the Bible, even though, uh, you know, as a society, we might not strictly believe in the Bible anymore. I really think that this is a post-Christian nation. And when I say that, people get super mad at me. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the, the book is still very valuable. And there's still a lot you can take out of it. So that's Boundaries by Dr. Hendry uh, Townsend. Oh no, Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. Townsend. I can't remember his first name right now. So there are all these tools you have as a writer so that you can write a more interesting story and not frustrate the reader slash viewer. Uh, I think that I watched The Kissing Booth 2 on Netflix because I'm a sucker for YA. I still read YA. My favorite authors are YA authors. I really love Claudia Gray and Nicole Yoon. Uh, and so I was watching The Kissing Booth, too. And the the whole plot revolves around miscommunication. And I'm just like, ah. And, of course, they have to introduce a love triangle. And I'm like, ah. Because, I mean, like, I want to, okay, I still like reading and watching love triangles. I feel like they'll never get old. But I'd love to see something a, a little bit more unique. And I know that coming-of-age stories always have those because people have complicated amounts of feelings, but uh, I never really remember being actively trapped in a love triangle growing up, and I have never gone through anything like that as an adult. I mean, obviously, I've been married for almost 15 years, but still, uh, I have I don't know anyone in real life who is in any kind of love triangle. I mean, I remember that my best friend growing up, she did kind of go through one 
at one point, and the person who I wanted to win won, and they're married now, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, but that's the only, I mean, that's the only real-life example I can think of. So I just want to see something a little more creative. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't really write love triangles. Uh, there's something going on between some characters in the next Plunge Into Darkness book, but it's not a triangle, and I kind of strip that away from everybody right away. And it's not, it's not a traditional relationship either, which was fun to write. But I just know that we can write better stories, stories that don't hinge on all of this. If they could just have one moment alone and talk to each other. Real adults that are healthy, they make time to have these difficult conversations. Uh, and so it's very irritating. And that's why I'm like, I don't know if I can keep watching Heart of Dixie, which I was watching to see they had this interesting love pentagon because, you know, I like I said, I would love to see something besides the love triangle. Uh, but now it's like ballooned into this insanity and the characters don't really have honest conversations with each other anymore. So I'm like, you know, I'm probably going to piece out of this show. Uh, and I know it doesn't have an ending because it got canceled. So <laughs> maybe I'll just quit that this week. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Maybe they can win me over in the next episode. But it's, yeah, my kids are like, why are you still watching this? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why. They're like, it's doing all the things you hate. I'm like, yeah, it sure is. It is. Uh, you know, and these kinds of shows use emotional manipulation to keep women watching with elevated drama uh, because that, of, well, and now men and women because men have uh, encountered these types of emotional manipulation through media and they are more likely to partake in it. Um, but yeah, I don't want to be, I don't like being emotionally manipulated ever. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But I just, uh, that was my explanation on why I don't like the miscommunication plots and uh, some alternatives you could choose to write instead of those. And I, I know that, you know, it's difficult to choose emotional health and to have these uncomfortable conversations in real life, but I hope that that's what you're choosing because that's a healthy way to go. And I hope that you are uh, going to choose that for your characters as well. And if you want to see a good example of this, like I said, Ted Lasso is blowing me away. The season finale is next week. Uh, so you can get an Apple TV, subs like the trial subscription, and just binge watch all of that. Uh, there's also a few other things I would recommend on Apple TV. If you're going to binge watch, I would watch the Beastie Boys documentary, which is, it has a ton of language and there's like some, you know, inappropriate images. Like they have a giant phallic symbol that gets blown up in one of their tours that they did. So you see that on stage and... But the things that they talk about are pretty deep and pretty significant, and I was really surprised in a good way. Uh, another good thing you can watch that's not on Apple Plus is uh, Love and Mercy, which has John Cusack playing Brian Williams. That's another one of those stories where you're just like, wow, because you see someone who's trying to create. And uh, yeah, so that's a great movie. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'm going to make a list of things that you should binge watch on Apple Plus when I do my Ted Lasso episode. So, thanks for listening. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. 
If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing. <laughs>